Welcome back to Thinking About It. I'm here with Dr. Stan Fowler. Uh, I'm here with Pastor Dr. The Reverend Bob McGregor. All of that and a bag of chips. <laughs> and uh, Stan, as you know, is a professor emeritus at Heritage Theological Seminary and uh, still has all his marbles. And we are the beneficiary of uh, Stan here at Grandview, where he's kind of our unofficial theologian in residence. And so it's our privilege just to come and think out loud on various topics that we think uh, are interesting to us and whoever tunes in. Stan, one of the things that is important to our church is that we worship God in spirit and truth. Whatever spirit means, I think it includes spirited worship, heartfelt worship, integrated worship. But this idea that we worship him in truth, there are true things. Uh, and if, if we don't have true things about God, if we don't know the truth about God, we're worshiping something different. So you came across a, a statistic recently that um, identified a trend in evangelicals that uh, is, a, is a concern to you and to us. Can you just share that? Sure. This is um, um, a recent survey which was uh, done by Ligonier Ministries in connection with LifeWay Research. And, and so they surveyed, this is American, they surveyed Americans, so we have to, I guess, put that in context, but we're North Americans, and, and it's a pretty porous border. Well, not right now, but mm-hmm. normally mm-hmm. a pretty porous border. Um, so they, they identified people, Americans, as evangelicals if they, if they responded rightly to the normal questions about biblical authority and um, faith in Christ's death on the cross and his resurrection as, as their only means of salvation, and only those who trust in Jesus Christ receive eternal salvation. So fairly standard-type questions. And then they asked them what they believed about a variety of things. And among other things, we found that 30% of those people agreed with the statement that Jesus was a great teacher, but he was not God. And 46% believe that the Holy Spirit is a force, but is not a personal being, thus denying what the Trinity means. Um, and and, and this, this was really astonishing. 65% believe that Jesus is the first and greatest being created by God. Now, that's effectively the Jehovah's Witness mm-hmm. understanding of who Christ was, pre-incarnate. Um, it's the Arian view of the fourth century, which the church rejected as, as a um, pernicious heresy. It's just quite astonishing to think that, that that proportion of people who could in some way be identified as an evangelical would actually believe such things. So I'm, I'm now I've had a concern about this for some time, but this really has uh, <laughs> really aggravated my concern. And so I'm finding myself saying, I, I mean, it, mm-hmm. is this really a true description of mm-hmm. what people in evangelical churches believe? I mean, what? Do you have any sense for this from your own pastoral experience? To, does this resonate or does yeah, this come as a Yeah, every once in a shock? while I'll have a conversation with someone, particularly, 
particularly when we sing, I think, Wesley's song about um, that thou, my God, should die for me. Jesus, God didn't die. There's no sense in which God died. Jesus died. And that conversation comes up and reveals um, a very shallow Christology, and it's, it's, it happens more often. And I think, well, we'll just deal with this person, but I suspect it's something that is more pervasive than that. I, I suspect it's true. Now, the confusion happens in, in multiple directions. Um, I mean, I've referred here, for example, to the 46% of, of those in this survey who could, by the survey's criteria, be identified as evangelicals, who, who deny the, the, distinct, the distinct personality of the Holy Spirit, who would see the Spirit as simply, Holy Spirit is a way of talking about God's power. Uh, a force, but not a personal being, um, and and so you have this this inability to understand about what we mean historically in Orthodox Christianity when we talk about the Trinity—that God is one in His being, and yet in some sense three in personhood. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the ways that 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 has been confused in multiple ways. One of the ways was denying that the Spirit's personal being. One of the ways historically is what we call modalism, which says God is actually simply one person who manifests mm-hmm. himself by different names and in different ways. Mm-hmm. That shows up um, when at, at the Lord's table, when someone offers thanks for the elements at the Lord's table and, and begins the prayer by addressing God, our Father, and three sentences later, thanks him that he died for our sins. So there you have a kind of modalism that doesn't yeah. recognize that that when we sing yeah. that wonderful song, and can it be, and, and we say, thou my God has died for me, we're affirming the divinity of Jesus Christ, but, but we are recognizing that he could only die because the Son of God became human. Mm-hmm. God did not die in the sense mm-hmm. that God as God ceased to exist or ceased to function. The triune God did not die. Right. And, and I take it Jesus Christ in his divinity did not die. It was only by virtue of his being human that he, that he could die. Mm-hmm. And, 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 that's, and so sometimes, sometimes evangelicals who are willing to talk about Christ as God don't understand, for example, that he is the God-man, mm-hmm. that, that he is human as well as divine in a mystery that we can't fully comprehend. But, but when, when such a large percentage of them would say he was the first and highest created being and, and, and affirm a terrible heresy, that, that is cause for great concern. And so it makes me ask... Mm-hmm. All right, what, if the survey is in any way accurate, what are we missing in the church? And I th- think it means, among other things, we're missing a catechizing function of the church. Yeah, and by catechism, what we mean is an ordered learning where um, tenets and propositions are outlined so that it's systematic. 
These are things that we believe they're substantiated in Scripture, but they're separated like a systematic theology. And we, the church kind of gives that away to other institutions. We do well in worship. Uh, we preach. I like to preach, but I have to admit that I don't preach in a catechetical way. I think that needs to be done within the life of the church, and it's it's not, I don't think it's something that we do that well. Obviously, I'm almost afraid to ask, you know, those questions, um, but I, I suspect that this is a, a topic that we need to address as a church. Um, how well do our people understand that, and why is it important that someone un- has a has a properly developed pneumatology? They understand that the Holy Spirit is not just a force, but it is part of the Godhead. How important is that? Yeah, we we need to help people understand that that we we only worship God in truth if if we worship God according to the way He really exists. And and so that would be one aspect of the, the significance of that particular truth. Now, we here in our church, we have tried. We are trying now to take catechizing more seriously. We're trying to take ordered learning more seriously in, in a variety of ways. Now, it is still important, I think, and I'm sure you would agree, that at times in our preaching to the whole congregation on Sunday morning, we need to refer. Mm-hmm to some of these truths and and remind all of us that Christ was not the first created being. The Son of God existed eternally with God. Wherever God was, the Son was and, and the Spirit. Um, we need, but, but we can't be constantly talking about it on Sunday morning. And so we need, as we've right. tried to do here, we need to find other venues where we can emphasize some of those things. So here, things. for instance, on Sunday, I'm talking about, I did talk about how Jesus uh, forgave a man's sin and then said, so that you will know that the Son of Man has power to forgive sins. He said, take up your bed and walk. And the issue then was, who is this man? Only God can do that. So there's an opportunity for a preacher to say, oh, by the way, let me talk, let me, let me just say this. Jesus is God. What do you mean? He's the second member of the Godhead and you, you deal with it there, not in a comprehensive way, but just as a incidental thing along the way in an otherwise uh, sermon. Now, Stan, um, we just got a few minutes left. I can't believe. Did I just get the five-minute five minute signal from our, our tech guy? He's such a tyrant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> should, what about uh, integrating into our liturgy? Uh, creeds like the Nicene Creed, which which nails all of these uh, major theological truths. What we don't in our circles, we don't do that. And I think where it is done, I don't even think they believe it. It's just something that they do just because it's ancient. But if we were to do that with understanding, um, I wonder if that might really help us to reclaim our our theological heritage. Yeah, I'm I'm very convinced that we have overreacted to liturgy. Every every church has a liturgy of some sort. They have a pattern in reality. But we've I think we've overreacted to the idea that that there are some things that we we rightly say together. Now, we that's exactly what we do musically when we sing a song mm-hmm. together. We take words written by someone mm-hmm. somewhere. And we make them our own, and we all together 
express that truth. So we may be declaring truth or we may be praying together in, in those words. It's, and so I think, I think it would make sense for us on occasion to say, let's affirm what we as the people of God believe about the most important things. And we could use a form of, of the Apostles' Creed, for example. That's in some yeah. ways the most ancient and simple. We could use the Nicene Creed, which, which comes from the 4th century, in reaction to Arianism yeah. and the falsehood about the person of the Son of God. And to, it's a way of saying together, we really believe mm-hmm. these things. The Nicene Creed provides language that, um, that helps, helps people understand that mystery that, that Christ is, is God and man. And, and, it, and so, it, in fact, it uses the language, eternally be, the Son is eternally begotten of the Father, begotten, not made, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as a way of saying, when we talk about the Son of God being eternally begotten of the Father, we are describing an eternal relationship. We are not talking about an event in time. There was never a time when the sun was not. There and, are, uh, I'm just looking at one now. This is a 1975 version of it, and it's a little more readable. I'm just going to read the first part. Okay. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, and so they're working through the Trinity. It's very readable. I mean, we, I could imagine us repeating this in a worship service and then maybe singing a song that, uh, that, that underlines it and maybe making some comment. I don't think this is going to mess up a meaningful worship experience. I really do think we should consider how to integrate this into our worship. It's beautiful. Well, I've, I've sometimes uh, jokingly threatened that I was going to start a liturgical Baptist church. And... Um, Mm-hmm. But I'm not, you know, I'm not a rebellious guy who's who's out to do that. But but there's no reason why we cannot integrate into our our corporate worship the opportunity for us as God's people together to say this we believe yeah. about the most important realities. You know, there have been some evangelical defections of late, prominent evangelicals who for very, this very recently, reason, in fact, yeah, they have kind of gone into Roman Catholicism even because there's this sense of um, the ancient and um, just the the tradition. And it's a shame that they felt they needed to do that. And so uh, this has been good for us to talk about here at Grandview. I think that there are things that we can continue to pursue uh, to give us uh, better appreciation for this and that we might worship God in spirit and in truth as he should be. I want to thank you for tuning in uh, to listen to thinking about it. I'm Bob McGregor. I'm Stan Fowler, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>